Oh my god. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow. Hi, I'm Pip and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing. Love that it. Is stunning. That is like so flipping true. Just come and get your coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that. I would describe today's guest as creativity, kindness, and business all combined. Back in 2015, she became a mum for the first time, and through a series of personal circumstances, she just started a business, and now it's thriving. She's putting the fun in functional. She's proof that you can turn a simple little idea into a business. And I just can't wait for you to meet and learn from this very, very beautiful person. So it's a very big welcome to Claire from Bon Maxi. Hello, Claire. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm glad. I'm super glad. And you're joining us from Brisbane today. Yes, I am. Nice and sunny. Yeah. Send us some of that sunshine. (laughs) It's been raining here a lot, but it's still good. Okay, we better start by letting everyone know what Bon Maxi is. Bon Maxi today is all about non-ugly accessory storage and organisation-y things. Um, I think that's the only way I could really summarise the business because it's a mixture of functional products and storage and, yeah, just things that help make your life a little bit easier. I love that you said, like, non-ugly because it's not like you sort of invented the wheel with your products you just created a beautiful version of what you could maybe get I think organization sounds too rigid and sounds a bit clinical so I am a color lover and I just wanted to make sure that organization comes across as something that doesn't have to be quite so yeah clinical I think is probably the word yeah you'd be loving all of those shows on Netflix now about like home organisation. I haven't watched any yet, and and you can tell. Um, Yes, but I'd like to. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's kind of a a thing that's coming about, like Marie Kondo really started it last year. So it's a trend to be organised, I think. Yeah, it works well for us. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. So I'm intrigued by business names. How did you get the name Bon Maxi? The business started off as an artwork, kind of art prints, nursery, decor business. Um, And it was was born when my son was born, Max. Um, And I thought, oh, Max and me prints is cute. And then I thought, that's a little bit, you know, boxed in. So I thought I should probably expand my options a little bit. And I thought Maxi sounds quite French. Chuck a Bon in front of it and Bon Maxi. It's where it is. Oh my god, I love that. I was tra- actually, as I was driving here today, I was trying to think where the bond came from, and so I love that. It's yeah. good. It just sounds a bit French. Yeah, and it's a little bit fun. Oh, I love that. Okay, so we'll rewind before we get into the Bond Maxi story. But where did you grow up? I was born in Armadale, New South Wales, and then we moved to Sale in Victoria. Yep. And then when I was four, we moved to Japan for three years. So I kind of grew up a little bit in Japan and then came back to Brisbane. And then I've been here ever since. 
Oh my gosh, what did your parents do for you to travel around so much? They were teachers. So English, piano teaching, a bit of accounting in there. But, yeah, it meant that they kind of could just up and leave and find a job elsewhere. Yeah, what was it like growing up in Japan? How amazing. We were in a very small town um, and most of the people probably hadn't seen blonde hair in real life before. So we would always just have a crowd around us wherever we went. My sister (laughs) and I were both little blondies. And we went to an all-Japanese school, so we didn't go into an international school, and we suddenly became fluent in Japanese, as all kids kind of pick up on languages really easily. Um, so I was a little blonde kid who didn't understand English, who was fluent in Japanese, but it's it's still one of the best experiences I've ever had. And, um, yeah, some of the memories is just incredible. Thinking back to Disneyland and, yeah, all the school systems and languages, and, yeah, it's amazing. Oh my gosh, how amazing. Do you, mm. Can you still speak Japanese or write Japanese? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I can, but I think it comes out like I've visited a few a few times again and the um the words just kind of come out from somewhere that I don't even remember. But when we came home to Australia, I went straight into English school uh, and so I lost a lot of the language. But mum was a Japanese teacher for the last 20 years, so she's she's still got all of her language there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How fascinating. I just have so much respect for people that can do languages and learn them. I just, yeah. my brain is not, it's not made for that. I think it's so when you're at school, were you creative? Uh, yeah, I would say I was on the creative side. Um, in saying that, I was probably one of the all-rounder kind of people. I did sport, I did music, I did art, and I was relatively academic. Um, so, yeah, my projects outside of school were always drawing, painting, making. Um, yeah, I had a mum who she loves sewing. She's a piano player. Um, and I think she was really into providing things that would help us create. So we'd always have material, crayons, paint, anything. And she would never get angry at us for spending money on creative things, which I think is is a really powerful thing to give a child, is just yeah. the to make. Oh, how amazing. I even went to the craft shop the other day and worked oh, really? with all this stuff. Oh, look, it's all still sitting here, all these bowls of ribbon. I'm not really sure what to do with them. We just have them and then something will, something will appear. I hope so. I left them here on Jess's desk, so hopefully she'll do something with them. So what did you do when you left school? Uh, when I left school, I was really not sure of what I wanted to do and I thought I needed to explore the creative side of things. Um, I thought about doing psychology, pharmacy, which is what my mm. sister did. Um, and then I thought I may as well just start with a creative industries degree and see where that took me. So that was the start of social media. So I studied a bit of social media, a bit of art, and then I added a business degree on it. So I majored in advertising. Um, so it was in the middle of both creative and, and analytical kind of business numbers, um, which I think sums me up pretty well. Yeah, like I can see all of that playing, all of that learning that you did, I can see that playing out in your business now. Like, yeah, that's the perfect thing for you to have done. Okay, so you did that. Did you work in any of those industries after that? Yeah, I went into an ad agency. That was an experience and a half. Um, and I was doing client work. So working with the creatives and working with the clients and kind of marrying 
you know, a brief together to create the actual campaign. Um, but I found that environment so intense um, and the expectation that you had to work yourself to the bone was just too much for me in the end. Um, I loved the end result, but at the end of the day, a lot of stuff just takes hard work and grit um, and I, I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. So I moved into a marketing consultancy role um, and that was a good 10 years ago now, I think, um, and that was a work from home job. And everyone mm. thought that I, I had this magical job and I was actually being scammed um, because nobody worked from home and nobody had online businesses back then. So I think that really set me up with working from home in this kind of environment now. Um, but that was all to do with local area marketing for Telstra. So we mm. did a lot of, um, yeah, helping local businesses market themselves um, both on TV, radio um, and in newspapers little bit on social media at that point it was starting to become a bit more prevalent um and yeah I, I learned a lot of skills copywriting and analytical you know things reporting and budgeting and all of that so I think that's really helped in starting a business gosh yeah I can see I can see it's all leading to this one thing okay so then you had a baby yeah. tell me what happened how did you end up starting Bon Maxi yeah, so had Max in 2015, um, relatively normal situation back then, um, and I was just at home feeling a bit lost, as I think a lot of mm. mums do. Um, I'd stopped painting uh, because work had gotten so busy. Um, I'd stopped. I, I used to be a, a musician back in the day too. I stopped that, and I felt really lost, and I think there was a slight amount of um, postnatal depression probably creeping in. And I thought, well, what's one therapy that I can do at home? And that was painting. So I started painting again. And then I hopped onto Instagram because I was trying to find some kind of community. Uh, and there were no Facebook groups. Um, there were very little mothers groups around. And I found this community of small businesses online. And I just started chatting. And I started observing. And I realized how many people had turned hobbies into pocket money. Um, yeah. And I thought, hey, if, if they can do it, maybe I can give that a go. So my aim was just to get $100 a month. Um, oh, and so wow. Painting. Okay. <laughs> and what were you painting? What um, sort of things? I did a lot of kids' portraits, but in a bit of a cartoony kind of a look. Um, if you scroll back further, you know, down my Instagram feed, it's all nighttime shots, really terrible photography of these um, paintings. But, yeah, people would send in their pictures of their kids or their pets, and I'd just do it in this little um, cutesy style and send it back. And then um, I started painting nursery decor, obviously in babyland at that point. Um, so I painted a fox with glasses. That's why my logo is a little fox head. That's kind of oh, yeah, throwback yeah. to that. <laughs> um, so animals with, you know, human accessories. And I had them printed onto bamboo um, wall hangings and then sold the prints. So that's how it kind of all started. Okay, so then you're painting. What then led you to your next business idea? Because I always think like the best business ideas spring from like that quest to solve a problem. Like, can you tell me what that problem was and when it sort of like came to you? Yeah, I suppose the, uh, the issue I had in the business was that I was running out of time to paint portraits and portraits take time. And my son was growing. He was getting a little bit more active. 
Um, and to have that time to sit down and paint individual things was, um, it was starting to feel like work and I didn't want that to happen. Um, and I thought, yeah, marketing in general is all about solving a problem. And I thought if I could create something that solved a problem and that wasn't so much of a luxury for people, um, that would be ideal. So they had a, had a reason to purchase as well as, you know, helping them. And then I had a, a relatively large earring collection back in the day. I thought that was large. Um, and one day we were trying to get out the door. <laughs> my husband was yelling at me to hurry up. I couldn't find my matching earring. Um, mm. And I had probably four or five uh, like jewellery dishes on the on the dresser and I was flipping them all up, getting really frustrated. And I suddenly just thought there has to be a better way. Um, and at that point I thought, oh, I wonder whether that's something that I could create. So I started researching for a few months and I realised there was a lot of chicken wire. There was a lot of acrylic mm. Um, and a lot of really heavy woodworking stuff that I think was made, you know, by a guy in a shed somewhere that didn't <coughs> necessarily understand the function or, uh, you know, the beauty of, of something that might want to be on your dresser. So, um, yeah, I thought, okay, I'm just going to give this a go. And I brought my art and I brought my new woodworking skills into it and I painted a really intricate design on a piece of wood and I put it on a stand and I put it up on Instagram and the response I just couldn't believe it there were all of these uh earring brands that just suddenly popped up out of nowhere and I'm sure you you'd know now that earrings are just the accessory um to have so I was just discovering that earrings were a lot bigger than what I thought and people had nowhere to store them that was a really functional and pretty way um to have them displayed so the earring holder uh was born from that isn't that crazy so when you had that idea did you realise, did you know straight away, that's it, that's my idea? I'd say I'm a relatively cluey person and I'm pretty sure I liked online shopping back then. So I thought if there was a good solution, we'd all be using it. Uh, and yeah. we weren't. And I asked around. My sister didn't have an earring holder. We had like old wire jewellery stands that took necklaces and hook earrings, but there was nothing to hold studs. So I thought, mm, I think there might be something in this. Oh, that's so cool. So you're doing that. So you're painting, you're finding that you didn't have the time mm -hmm. to do things, mm -hmm. but then you decided to do another thing. Yeah. Like, why was that? What was your thinking behind that? As in the most recent item? Is that what you're no, I'm not, no, I'm not. No, I'm more meaning that, like, obviously you're painting. Mm hmm you're finding that you have no time to be painting. You've got a small family and um, but then you take on like making the jewellery stands, mm. so doing the next big thing. Mm. Was it because you wanted, because you had to do it, like you really had to do that for yourself? I, yeah, I think so. And I'm very much a like a starter of ideas. If I have an idea, I just need to get cracking on it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that I finish it, but I just need to get it happening. Um, so I think when I started making the earring holders and I saw the response, I thought, no, I have to actually do this justice. Um, and things were certainly getting busier on that front. We started getting wholesale orders through. Um, the other driver, I suppose, was that my son started getting a bit sick. Um, and so we're about oh nine months or so into into the business um, and he wasn't well at all. Um, so I thought if there's a way that I can supplement my income because I was about to go back to part-time work, 
um, that I could stay home with him, that would be ideal. So that was a big driver in in pushing to make this a thing. Yeah, so how old was he when that was happening? Um, he was nine months. He started having seizures. Yeah, yeah so still yeah. pretty tiny. Oh, so shit. Isn't it interesting, like, women all start their, like, so many women start their own businesses when Absolutely. they have a child because yep. they need that flexibility of either staying at home yep. and caring or being a bit more flexible. Yeah, I think so. I think that panic sets in that suddenly you've got this external thing that you have to look after and you don't want to leave it and you don't want to send it to daycare or you don't want a stranger to be looking after them. So you start to go, oh, my gosh, what can I do? Um, I need to change my circumstance. And I think it all either becomes clear, um, you know, either way, whether you need to go back to work and some people just have to and they can't wait to get back to work and other people just have that desperation to stay around, um, which is what I had. Mm. It's like you almost sort of get that, like, the importance of life and about doing what's what makes you happy. That life's short. You should be doing the thing you want to be doing, whether it is That's going it. back to work yeah. or staying at home or starting your own business. I just I feel like everyone we interview on the podcast, it's like a real turning point where everything changes after that. Do you remember what those early days Bon Maxi were like was it smooth sailing like it all took off straight away or was it hard it was hard um with Max being sick we were hopping into hospital a fair bit um and then we'd come home my husband um was working as a dietitian in an ex-phys um and he would have long hours he'd have Pilates classes in the morning he'd see clients all day and he owned his own business too so he didn't have a, a colleague to fall back on or an employee um, so yeah, that was really tough. Um, and then packing your own orders. Um, we ended up staying up till one o'clock every night packing orders and Max wasn't sleeping or he was having a rough night and he'd wake up at three and then we'd be off for another day. So it got, it got really tough. Um, and then on top of that, our house started filling up with sawdust. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> with the earring holders, <laughs> we were drilling out the at earring holders because we used to drill every hole. Oh, um, oh, I thought you were going to say you had termites or something. I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. It just started getting crazy at home and packaging and, you know, printouts of orders and it was just a mess. Um, but you, you kind of make it work somehow because I think that's just how small business needs to, needs to start and you work out how to streamline. But, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Mm. it's hard that at the start you really have to do all the stuff yourself because you can't afford to give it to anyone else to do so even the things you don't like or that you're not good at you really have to just do yeah. but then as you get bigger you can outsource some of those exactly. things good. yeah I think you need to work out what works too before you hand off yeah. something um and yeah. there's always going to be kinks with business every every single day I think so um yeah working out the initial problems is pretty powerful and then being able to grow and work through it. Yeah. So what does the business look like today? Today we have Joe, my husband, who works with me. Um, he's our CFO. Um, he's our stock manager. He runs all of the stock to our warehouse. Um, we have, an, have another business um, who works with us as our warehouse team um, and they are our lifesavers. Uh, so they pack all of our orders and they receive all of our stock. 
well, most of our stock. We've got um, Kirsty, who's our admin um, customer service guru. Uh, we've got um, some social media uh, support. So I've kind of outsourced half of my copywriting because um, that is another huge task that you just don't don't realise it takes up so much time. Um, you, and you know, you do that well, though, because you can't tell that. Oh, thank you. Like, it feels very like you 100% of the time. Yeah, that's great. So right. yeah, that. Yeah. That's good to hear. Um, and then we've got our graphic designer, Felicia, who is, she just understands everything and just turns things around in two seconds and she's a lifesaver. Um, and then I've got somebody who helps me with content for the blog as well. So we've got, and everyone's um, online. Uh, I think that was something I was really keen to implement, um, having the online, you know, job that I had before this as well. But having Max, he's, um, you know, technically special needs now. So we need to be able to drop everything when we need to. Um, and that really works well that we don't have to boot somebody out of, out of an office to close up for the day if we have to run um, and help him. So I, I feel like it's a, a lean way of doing things, but it's really worked for us. And there's no set way of uh, how you have to run a business. So Yeah. Uh, oh, I love that. How old's the business? Um, five as of September. Holy joy. Yeah. Like, honestly, did you foresee five years ago that you'd be where you are now? No, no idea. Um, I think you hear so many people say that, that business doesn't survive um, and I still have people who are pretty convinced that I'm still running a hobby um, as a side hustle. So I just, yeah, I just quietly tick along Um and they just don't know, and that's fine with me. But, uh, yeah, I had no clue that it would be the size that it is today, that we'd be making the products that we are today, that I'd have manufacturers, um, that we'd have a warehouse packing orders. It just it blows my mind still when I really sit and think about it. Yeah. No, bravo to you. If any of Claire's friends are listening, she's like <laughs> freaking killing it. But I just think, yeah, you're just doing it quietly, just plodding along, just killing it. It's so good. So where do you find your inspiration? <laughs> um, I often get people <laughs> say, oh, you must be so organised. And it could be further from the truth, I think. I am uh, creatively cluttered or creatively organised um, and I am a little bit all over the place. So I, I've always been a problem solver, I think, um, trying to find not shortcuts to do things but slightly more uh, sensible or clever ways to get through problems um, and I, I know every kind of keyboard shortcut there is in the book um, because I just want to solve solve my stresses throughout my day so um, I work out what what I get stressed about um, and that's where ideas kind of pop up from there is if I get really frustrated over something I've been trying to work out whether I can solve it with a product Oh, I like that. Where do your ideas come to you? Um, mainly if I, I think I'm a little bit more open to seeing problems now because I'm actively looking for product ideas in my daily life. Um, and some ideas don't fly, but that's fine. But um, yeah, if I'm getting really frustrated about something, like at the moment, my to-do list hasn't been working. Uh, for years, it's just not been working. So that that's an idea that I'm currently working on is creating a some kind of a planner um, that helps 
the messier people in the world <laughs> rather than the more organised people because they've got Kiki K. <laughs> um, I love a to-do list, but rarely does it get ticked off. Mm, like I might write things on there that I've just done just to have a, that feeling that I've accomplished something. So I think that's a really <laughs> good one. <laughs> I'm like, we sell the sidekick bag and we all have it. We all love it. How did you come up with that idea? Uh, I had had a really trusty crossbody bag for a good eight or nine years. Um, yeah. And I loved it to death, but I kept thinking, oh, this second zip is really annoying me. Oh, I can't fit my water bottle in there. Oh, I just wish somebody would think about longer straps. Uh, and mm-hmm. and I realized after I started business, I'm like, I could start maybe doing bags. Um, I know it's a little bit far away from earring holders. Um, and I thought, oh, no, I'm just going to start writing down my wish list for an ideal crossbody bag. So it kind of started from there. And then um, we were getting into manufacturing and I thought, oh, it's not that hard to work out how to do this. So I, I started, you know, contacting people and got samples and then made modifications. And then I realized how happy I was with it. And I thought, no, I think this is where the business is going. Oh, isn't that interesting? Mm. Is it is it is the um the first sample you got quite different to the one you have now, or is it um pretty well bang on? It's pretty well bang on. I think it's because I had so many years of being frustrated um and fishing for my phone inside my bag to know that I needed a big pocket on the outside that was really easy access. Um, and the sample that arrived, it's like a Franken, uh, Frankenstein sample. It's got three or four different colours because I couldn't decide what colour I wanted. Oh, that um, is so funny. <laughs> but the colour, uh, the size is the same. The straps are the same. I've made a little bit of tweaking um, in the last round. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty well what I what I had hoped for. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love mine. It fits okay. so much in there. It does. <laughs> <laughs> are you... Do you follow trends or are you like listening to what your customer wants or is it just you're finding the gaps in your life in the market? I think you have to be in both camps really. Um, mm-hmm. Trends can only take you so far and they're called trends for a reason because they're, they're only around for a season. So I think mm-hmm. um, in terms of the visual aspect of stuff, it's it's okay to follow trends. But when it comes to function, um you know, solving a problem and doing it well um, and doing it, you know, I want to do it effort, effortlessly so people don't feel like they're organised or they feel like they're not they're not having to do too much more to feel organised. I think that's really important. So, um, yeah, I don't follow trends as such, but my customers, you know, unbeknownst to them, I take note of every piece of feedback or every little suggestion and I just keep it in the back of my mind and think, oh, could that be a tweak or a change? Could that be a new product? Um, the perfect example is the earring holder. It was one set stand A4 size because that's how my wood kind of chopped down really nicely and I could find a, a parcel in that size. Um, <laughs> and somebody said, oh, would you ever do a hanging version? Um, and I thought, oh, okay, yeah. So that, you know, became a new product. And then somebody said, oh, I don't actually need that much much storage. Would you ever do a mini version? Okay, so we did that. I've got so many earrings. They're massive. Would you ever do a big version? So it's kind of evolved um, based on customer requests and also just, you know, problems that I have in my own life that I really want to fill. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I love that. That's so good. And it's so cool that you're in a business where you can just pivot and do it and give it a go and see if it works. 
yeah, it is nice to have that now. And I think I've got a bit more confidence in myself in designing something that will become a finished product rather than just tinkering, you know, with my craft box like I used to. Um, yeah, so it's nice. It's nice to um to to be able to tick off those problems now and solve them for people. Yeah, a guy we had on the podcast, Will Brennan, he was saying, um, "Good design, you don't notice, and bad design just like it drives you mental, doesn't it?" So I feel like all of your products are, you know, that good design that you just don't notice. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, it's like making your bed. You have to do it if you want to have a made bed in the morning. And some people are, are hardwired to be able to do that. Some people really try and then other people just think it's too much work. So I'm trying to find that middle ground because I'm I'm kind of that middle person where I want to find, you know, solutions that are really, really easy that people don't even think about it um and yet suddenly they're they're a little bit less stressed yeah that's so good now you have a great online store thank you to you makes a really good online store uh I think because you have to sell that's the whole purpose of it um you have to have pretty looking things um and you also have to have really good words uh, and at the end of the day, you have to have a logical navigation to your website. And without that, people will leave you really quickly. Yeah. You have great feedback on your website. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's in the oh, reviews. Yes, yeah. Great feedback. <laughs> have you ever wanted to open a bricks and mortar store? I've toyed with the idea. Um, I am a natural introvert um, and I like having hours where I don't talk to anybody at all. I'm, I'm quite content. Um, and I, while I love people, I, I think it's, yeah, they kind of take energy from me. So I kind of need to recharge again before I see people. Um, we do markets and I love them, but I am so tired at the end of it um, that I think that having a store would probably um yeah drain me of my energy <laughs> yeah totally yeah. your customer service at bon maxi is exceptional and you're like my benchmark jess and i always talk about you what's your ethos can you give me some magical advice i appreciate that again thank you um magical advice uh i think when it comes to customers you while you really want to make a, a person happy and you want to ensure that they're a happy customer at the end of the day, you have to choose your battles too. Um, and if something is never going to be solved, um, even if you send them a replacement or if it's gone missing with Australia Post um, and, and you've you know, sent another one and they're still not happy or there's always going to be problems, um, you need to, I read somewhere that you just need to focus on your raving fans or your potential raving fans. And I think Dealing with nice people has always been my um, my choice. Um, I would much rather deal with people who are pleasant um, because I, I've had days where I've been in tears um, already before I open an email. And if a, an email is nasty, um, that has broken me. And I don't, I don't appreciate when people are nasty right off the bat because you just have no idea what people are going through behind the scenes. So, um, uh, yeah, choose, choose your battles. Um, and if it's going to go away easily um, with a quick fix, then do that. Um, but I will always try and bend over backwards for people who are nice to me at the start and who are clearly going to become raving fans. 
Yeah, that's so spot on. See, you're so clever and wise. <laughs> so clever and wise. I read somewhere that you said challenges and in innovation go hand in hand. What does that mean? Um, I think that's probably the twist on the saying that necessity is the mother of all invention. Um, so when you have a challenge, you can either fall over and, you know, admit defeat or you can start fighting um, and start creating. So I think that's probably, yeah, innovation comes out of a bit of hardship. Yeah, like the, you know, I was thinking of COVID as well, you know, you get hit with these different things and you have to evolve, don't you, and it makes you maybe do things a little better. How's COVID, has COVID affected your business much? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's right at the start when it suddenly hit Australia, um, our online sales just stopped. Um, all of our stockists stopped ordering um, because obviously everybody had to close down and we panicked a little bit. Um, we had, well, a lot. <laughs> we had no idea where it was going to go. <laughs> Collectively panicking. Um <clears throat> But I think when people started to get locked down in their house and they looked around and they thought, oh, I really hate that cushion. <laughs> um, mm. I wouldn't mind getting a new bedspread. Um, that wall looks a bit blank. Um, you know, I really need to organise my earrings. I think we just happen to be the right category. Um, and I think you must be the same with your homewares and your fashion. You know, people, I think it was in the Great Depression that um, red lipstick was the sales mm. increase because people just wanted to feel good about themselves. Um, so I think we're in, in the right spot at the right time um, and people were were jumping back on board with homewares and decor and accessories and fashion um, and our sales picked right back up again and we've had a really amazing year, which is I'm just shocked about still, but very grateful. Yeah, isn't that so good? Mm. Your Instagram is also very good. Do you... Do you love it or do you loathe it? Oh, loathe and love are two very strong words. Um, I, yeah, think, I should maybe change that um, word. I think it's right though. It's a roller coaster of emotions. We yeah, have a very, sometimes, yeah, very um, a difficult relationship, I think. Um, some days I love it. Um, and again, it depends on what DMs pop in. Um, and, you know, people choose to DM or email and sometimes they DM at one o'clock in the morning and I happen to be up and just open the app. Um, so on days like that or comments um, that are, you know, not as tacky, but if there's something that we can't help and something's happened and somebody's disappointed and they decide to publicly comment, that can be soul-destroying as a, a soft term. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a hard one because you have to be on there to market your business um, and then, you know, on, on the other side of the coin is that you have so many wonderful comments, so many incredible relationships that I've formed on that app um, that I have to love it. So, yeah, it's, it's a very weird thing to be so reliant on a little square on your phone. Um, mm. But I think you have to have some kind of a passion to do social media. Otherwise, you just wouldn't be in business still. So, Yeah. <sighs> I love it that you sort of, I feel like we get to know you and you take us on the journey of, you know, a product being created, but you're also very useful. You have great <laughs> life hacks and, um, you know, what your family's doing and um, 
Do you have a strategy or is it just you or is it just something that's evolved over time as you've added other bits to your content? Uh, yeah, I half outsourced my social media earlier this year, I think, um, to a wonderful team at the Digital Picnic. I think we all know them. Oh, um, yes, yes. Yeah, we've had a wonderful relationship for a few years. Um, you know, we've known each other around the tracks um, and I thought uh, I was starting to load social media um, and I really wanted to remove that stress from my life because that's my business. I may as well follow through with um, what I believe in. So um, I had asked for help and uh, I still do half my social media. So all of my stories obviously are still me with my face. Um, not a deep fake, whatever they're called. <laughs> um, so I still do that and I still do every second social media post. Um, as I said before, I'm a naturally all over the place person, so I can't plan that well in advance. Um, whereas the guys at the Digital Picnic, they'll at two weeks out kind of send me a content plan and go, well, we probably need a customer review. We probably need to talk about a product here. We probably could share a really nice interior. Um, and then we could probably share a business, another business, for example. So we work through a bit of strategy, like the content pillars that everyone talks about, make sure that they're hit. And then I just fill in the gaps with whatever I feel like doing on the day, because that's how I roll now. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, that's so good. That's so good. And your audience is really into what you do. They're very invested. Jess and I were just talking about how loyal they are and just they dig what you do. How have you done this? Is it just because you're a really great person? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think what Instagram is guiding us to do is to share a lot about ourselves. Um, they keep pushing video content towards us, like IGTV, Reels, Stories. Um, and I think they're just saying share a bit more, share a bit more. And I think it's because, especially this year, human connection is is so vital. Um, and I think that's probably something that struck me earlier on when stories became available. I thought, I wonder why they're doing this. You know, do people want a story? Oh, it sounds like they do. So starting to share behind the scenes uh, processes um, and then a little bit of, you know, your personal life. Like I enjoy so much watching your house being built. I'm like, <laughs> through you, but it, it, allows me to get to know you a bit better as a person um, and instantly you have that affinity with somebody when you can see a bit of their you know life and so I think that's been a huge a huge factor in um, building a loyal audience that and concentrating on the raving fans thing you know I'd do anything for people who would do anything for me so um, I think that's such a, a powerful um, a powerful concept in business and I think it's probably something that biz big business is really missing um, and why big business gets a really bad rap is because they've lost the personality and they've lost the human connection. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, yeah. And people like to buy from who they know, like, trust, don't That's they? It. I know I like it. Marketing 101. So, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's not weird. But we're funny. We're funny creatures. We are. And, and your husband now works in the business. When did he start working and how and how do you make that work, especially when you're actually at home as well? Yeah, um, I'll let you know when I figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, 
yeah, how do I uh, how do I put this nicely? Uh, we've we've now determined our roles in the business <laughs> um, very early on. So he's been in the business about one and a half years now. Um, he would do his full time work and then come home, and then I would force him to help me because I was drowning, um, both in motherhood and then in this business. Um, and so I was very much the boss at that point saying, do this, you're not doing it right, um, you know, change this, do this again. Um, but I think over over time he's worked out what works for him. I've worked out that we just need to stay in our roles and, um, you know, you let somebody have ownership over it. I think when you, you kind of stand back, I'm sure, as a boss, um, you might be the same with, you know, showing people how to do things. You just have to let them figure it out. Um, and there's only so much, um, you know, control that you can have over somebody um, before they start to resent you. <laughs> so right, I think, right. yeah, in a in a marriage especially um, and working with people that you know and love, you want to protect that. Um, and so we've, we've had to work out that sometimes working in two different rooms is good for us. Sometimes me keeping my earphones on all day is good because it means that at the end of the day we can um, hopefully switch off and you know reunite as a family and then when Max comes home um, we're happy together because it is so dangerous to let stresses um, from work life uh, infiltrate your personal relationship so yeah it's, it's something we're still working on and it's difficult but we're trying and I still uh -huh. enjoy having you around. <laughs> just everything you were just saying I was like oh my gosh so bang on because I had my husband working in the business packing orders for about a year and a half before yeah. he started building the house and yeah it was that same thing of um you know yeah but it is a being a, yeah bossy but being a boss but also then I think the great thing is working towards like the one goal instead of pulling in two different directions with both your businesses and max and like mm. you simplify things and and because you're both working on one thing it just maybe even grew even faster than it would have if it was just you on your own yeah I think so um I think he got sick of me talking about earring holders and accessory storage and Instagram and all of these <laughs> things that he wasn't really a part of that, um, that it's really helped now that he's immersed in it. And when we were doing markets, we haven't done them obviously this year, um, he'd come along and he'd um, meet customers and customers would talk to him about the products. And he is now so knowledgeable when it comes to that. So, yeah, having that shared goal is really exciting. And then when we hit milestones in the business, it's all, all that little bit sweeter um, because we can celebrate together. Yeah, that's so nice. Do you ever switch off? Yes and no. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I always say this to people. I dream earring holders back when <laughs> we were designing kind of the core range and still I've got something that I'm releasing very shortly that has literally consumed my every every thought, my dreams. Um, I have notepads beside the bed because, you know, things come out when you're in the shower and you just have to write them down. Mm -hmm. So I think owning a business comes hand, hand in hand with um, resigning your brain over to, um, you know, to thought <laughs> because you're just constantly ticking, 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 ticking. How can I do this better? What, you know, more things can we add? So I don't think I fully switch off, um, but it's lucky that I enjoy what I do because I actually really love thinking about it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's kind of like your life is your business and your business your life. It's just intertwined. It's lovely. It's yeah. so lovely to see. What do you love about running your own business? Uh, looking back, I don't think I was ever good employee in the sense that I always <laughs> wanted to. I always wanted to think more. Um, I think having clients, we would always be restricted to certain hours because you had to, you know, charge, but they didn't want to pay too much if you went over a certain amount of hours. So um, I always felt like I was a little bit um, boxed in when it came to thinking outside of the box. Um, so I love thinking freely and not having someone tell me to stop thinking about something um, and move on to the next task or just get it done because, you know, so-and-so needs it. Um, there's still that element of it anyway because deadlines pop up and, you know, you have to you have to be self-controlled in that sense sometimes. But I love just having notebooks everywhere and just jotting stuff down and getting excited um, and owning, having something that I own um, and seeing it kind of manifest is is pretty incredible and I don't think you could ever truly have that as a um as an employee for you know a non-creative business perhaps but yeah I know that's so good what's the most challenging part of running your own business um being able to think freely (laughs) Um, same the same thing is that you can't switch off and you don't switch off um, and your body sometimes tells you to switch off. Otherwise, it, it it's the hard reset button and you find yourself very, very sick. Um, so I think that that is a real challenge. Um, and having to wear all of the hats all of the time, um, I, yeah, I struggle with that sometimes because you want to dedicate all of your time doing something that you're absolutely passionate about. But sometimes accounting rears its ugly head and you have to, you know, give it some time. Um so there are elements that you just can't ignore and I find that difficult sometimes doing the things that I have to do but I don't necessarily want to. Yeah. So imagine your best friends come up to you mm-hmm. and they need your advice. They're about to start their own business. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Ah, uh, Yeah, I, two things. Inevitably something will always go wrong um, because... I don't think there's been a single day where an unexpected problem hasn't popped up and I am a serial overthinker and I always think through the worst scenarios and there's been stuff that's come up that I never could have dreamed would happen and it does, um, but you have to work through it. So there's there's always going to be bad days, there's always going to be amazing days and I think um, there is always a way is my main motto. Uh, You know, you get told no a lot. Um, or processes aren't going to work, but there's always a way. If you've got determination to do something, you'll find a way to do it. Yeah, that's good advice. So what does the future look like for you and for your family and for Bon Maxi? That's a hard question. <laughs> um, I I think looking back a year ago, I never would have thought that we'd be where we're at now. Um, so I have decided not to think ahead. Um there is a particular book that I've read on special needs parenting called Special um, by Melanie Dimmitt. She's a Aussie journalist. Um, and it, it speaks about allowing yourself not to think about the future because you will always impart your own present ideas and your current situation onto the future. And I think there was a Harvard study that said, you know, maybe it was 70 or 80% of your future thoughts um, involve your present 
influence. So you can't you can't think about the future without you know including our current situation on that thought. So I need to just let go and not think about the future because it will never ever turn out how I ever imagined it. So I think letting go has been quite freeing and I'm just allowing myself to um, move around how I need to and progress how I need to. Um, yeah, I mean, another child maybe down the track would be lovely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's my only goal really is to just have a happy family and um, we'll see where this ends up. And what a lovely goal to have, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's great that you're in that position that you can. And it's so love hearing you speak it's so inspiring and you just you're amazing I can't wait to see what that new little something is that you're alluding to once we finish up but are you ready for the jumbled mixed bag I think so is that my favorite part all right what is the best piece of advice that someone has ever given you oh we might need to cut out my um thinking time here (laughs) it's the same as what I had done for business best bit of advice oh you know what I think it is that you can never allow somebody to live rent-free inside your head uh I think in business um there are a lot of things that pop up that might be similar there are a lot of opinions that pop up that might uh, take up too much headspace um and people without them knowing um, might take too much of your day away because of negative comments or um, or things like that. So I think that's that's an amazing piece of advice is that if they don't deserve to have your brain space, don't give it to them uh, and allow yourself to move on and be kind. Yeah, that's good. If you're a pair of earrings, <laughs> what would they look like? I know I would have replaced on a little wrap, but what would the look like? Oh, I think they've got to have a bit of pink. Um, they've probably got a bit of gold on them. I'm loving pink and mustard at the moment, and they probably have to have a tiger or a leopard print on there somewhere, and not subtle. I do like a good big earring. Yeah, so good. I buy them. Do you have a secret talent? My oh, I can wiggle my eyeballs. Oh, <laughs> me. I don't think it'll come across. I don't think it's going to come across on screen. My mum can do it too. They just shake. My mum can do that as well. Oh my God. So weird. Okay. What's your best life hack? Oh, control uh, shift T, which is um, it opens all of the hundred tabs that I had open the day before. (laughs) Is it control Control out? Control shift. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like there having all of my tabs where I can see them. I thought, the maybe, I thought you were maybe going to say your mug chocolate cake that goes oh, in the microwave. Okay, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just guessing. I don't know. I was just guessing. I think I'm hungry, perhaps. Okay. If a genie in a bottle lets you have one wish, what would it be? Mm-hmm. I this is a personal one I would love to hear my son speak um oh. very much yeah I wish for that I'm not sure if it's going to happen but I wish for it oh how old is he he's That's five and a half 
Oh, that's so shit. You're amazing. Yeah. Come on, I'll have to find you a genie in the bottle. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. What would you tell your younger self if you could teleport back in time? Oh, I think I would tell her that um, being a mixture of a lot of things is okay um, and being lost is okay because at some point you're going to end up exactly where you need to be um, and you don't have to change anything to do that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. If you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Would it be the chocolate milk cake? Oh, yeah, I think so. Although my mum makes a mean, just just a traditional chocolate cake, so probably that. <laughs> yeah. And if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what do you think you'd be doing? Well, I think I would be uh, knocking on Zoe Foster Blake's front door trying to get a job at GoTo. <laughs> she is so awesome, isn't she? She'd be yeah. a job. But you're going to be, we're going to be the organisation accessory version of her anyway. So you might just have to get your husband to start doing stand-up comedy, and yeah. maybe you'll be maybe some next, class. Yeah, next power couple. <laughs> oh my god, killing it! Oh my gosh, so good. It's been such a delight to talk to you today, and um, loved having Bob Max in the store and. And knowing more about the person behind the brand makes me love it even more. And I hope everyone else is the same. But thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy, busy life. But thank you. Thank you, Pip. It's nice to actually talk to another human. Hey, thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.